Welcome to the new Teacher Talk podcast. We are helping you find your passion, learn your craft, and share your successes. Welcome, everybody. Pablo, how's it going? It's going great, Wes. It's going great. What's on the docket for today, brother? You know what? We got to talk, uh, real talk about some feedback we got on a recent yes, we iTunes did. We're taking uh, this stuff review. serious. Thank you for the review, by the way. Yes. And we are also going to hear from a student teacher candidate. Um, and she's given us some responses to questions about why she's going into teaching, what's challenging, what's um, uh I guess most rewarding and also um, what was the other question is uh, yeah. If you thought of yourself uh, from a student point of view, what advice would you give yourself? Which is kind of a cool metacognitive kind of question. Uh, We're actually going to start with that one, but first uh, we would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating. And now that we've said that someone actually did that and they gave us some uh, advice they gave us a three-star rating. Three stars. <laughs> hey, we're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. We were being honest. And uh, love but it. thank goodness they wrote us a paragraph, which we thought um, we took to heart. And it basically summarized is that we need to provide more details, more concrete tips and tricks and information of how to get through the struggles of being a first-year uh, or a new teacher. They didn't just want a snack. They, they wanted, wanted a, a meal. meal. I love it. Good <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was a great metaphor. We're going to give you a meal. We're going to give you the appetizer. We're going to give you, a, you know, 18 course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meal. So that Going. was really Coming. good feedback. And um, so I'm glad that we keep asking for feedback um, because we can learn and grow and uh, no, do better each, each and every episode. Absolutely. It's yeah. not always going to be rainbows and unicorns, no, as they no, say. No, no, so. No. We're, we're happy that came through. Yep, so, yep, 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 yep. Well, we still would like five-star ratings. Yeah, we yeah, would. yeah. We really would. Yeah. Helps us out more than you know. Yep. All right. All right so going, we're going to dive in uh, with our third question that we asked um, our candidate. Actually, we're going to have her introduce herself um, because we asked her to record an introduction. So this is Karina. Let's hear it. Hi, my name is Karina Asayed, and I am a teacher candidate at California State University, Long Beach for their single subject credential program in English. And uh, here is Karina's response to the question, put your student hat on. What would you say to your future teacher self to remember about teaching students and your first classroom? And here's what she had to say. If I could say anything to my future teacher self to remember about teaching students and my first classroom, it would be to keep persisting, be honest with myself and my students, and most importantly, to be kind. For all three of those advices, it's something that we we expect students to do, and we can't expect that of them if we're not showing them how to do it ourselves. So by continuing to persist, I'm I'm honest with them when I'm, you know, feeling like something's not working and I will say and this comes into the being honest part too, but I will say, "You know what? I'm so sorry. That did not work." Um, I am taking ownership of that. I thought that this lesson was going to be a lot better. Let's adjust. Let's fix this right now. Tomorrow we'll work on it. We'll try again. And and that honesty and that I'm not giving up attitude is something that the students feel 
hopefully empowered by because they see, okay, even my teacher makes mistakes. Even my teacher fails sometimes. My teacher can say sorry to us. My teacher can take ownership and accountability for something when it doesn't work. Um, So being able to model that for them in their everyday also create such a positive learning environment where they feel like you're human because so many times they see a teacher as a role who is an authority figure. And yes, of course, part of that has to be true, but it's so much more. We need to teach them how to be humans and responsible citizens of the world. And I think by modeling those behaviors, they will hopefully walk out of there, you know, not only learning educational importances, but also just as a, as their self, growing self skills that they need um, to be better, better humans. And that's so important. And that ties into the last and most important piece of advice I want, I would always want to remember for the years to come for every classroom I have is to be kind. We cannot expect our students to be kind and respectful to one another and to us if we're not modeling that every single day. So although you, it can be so easy when life, you know, your personal life is hard or when your students are driving you up the wall because you spend half the period, you know, when it's week 10 working on classroom management behaviors when you shouldn't have to, it, it can be so easy to let that overwhelm you and get frustrated and show that to the students, but it's not them you need to be frustrated at. It's not necessarily yourself either, but you need to say, okay, you know what? I don't, I don't really like how this is going. Let's do better because I know that you can do better. So being kind, being respectful, um, expecting from your students and not just saying they're going to be, you know, low performing, keep persisting, keep pushing them in positive ways. And being honest is, is something that I think will go so far in your teaching practice. And, and at least maybe this is just for my first classroom. And I'm sure, you know, in 10 weeks, I'll, I'll have even more important advice to my future self. But for now, I would certainly say that these are three three pieces of advice I, I will try and remember and practice and refine for years to come. All right. So we are so grateful for Karina for taking time to answer this question. And um, so she she talked about, you know, the importance of being persistent, the importance of honesty, the importance of being kind. Um, and so we thought with our recent iTunes feedback, we would come back with some concrete tips yeah, or sure. um, strategies that you can employ to take these ideas and make them a reality in, uh, with your students. Yeah, and I think in certain cases, anything that we talk about today could be realized in the areas of persistence, being honest, either with yourself or with your kids, and being kind. For example, For sure. one, of, one of my first ones that I that I thought of is good old Harry Wong. I brought him up before in a uh, former podcast, but just shaking a student's hand means more than you know. Yeah. Making that connection, making that physical connection, either with a high five or a handshake or, you know, uh, at a boy, at a girl yeah. on the shoulder, it really goes a long way. There is something about um, a genuine, that genuine warmness that you provide a student, especially at the start of a day, it means the world. And that's, that's, that's research-based, that's concrete, but it's real. Yeah. And it's, you know, you talk about being honest. That's being honest with yourself yeah. and being honest with your students that you're going to be there all year for them. And, and shaking that hand really goes a long way. Yeah. And along those lines, um, shaking, I, I, I used to do that. I heard it like in a first or second year teacher um, yeah. in service day. Yeah. I thought there's something I can do. Teaching is really, really hard, but I could do that. 
And that really transformed my practice. And one of the things I told students is I'm modeling a business handshake. So when you go for an interview, we, we will have shaken hands, you know, as many days as I come to work this year, <laughs> 180 days, um, we're going to practice this business handshake and you're going to be prepared. Um, so it was this way of talking to them about their future, um, but also recognizing and seeing them. Um, I, you know, I think a fist bump is cool too. It's, it's a little less formal, um, but Hey, I like getting fist bumps. Um, so that, that's another twist on it, but there's something else I think to add to that is not just shaking their hand when you see them on campus, but standing at the door when they walk in, um, so that you're not thinking about the, um, I almost said the overhead transparency that that shows you (laughs) dated, dated. You're not thinking about the, the projector or the Apple TV or your, your device or your phone, but being right at the door when they walk in is, um, it shows a warmth and a presence that you're there to attend to them. Um, and so that's a, a specific concrete tip is I would, no matter what, I would try to hustle that door, um, when, when, classes are coming in and just be physically present. And then you learn so much about a student's mood or whatever issues they're coming into the classroom with uh, because you're paying attention to that moment when they enter. And and that's super. Let me let me riff off that a little bit is your days. And Karina talks about this. Your days are, you know, there's some wild card things that happen in your day. For sure. However, if you, the the more you are prepared for these things, the more prepared you are to actually stand at the front of the door to shake the hands of the students, not getting those final pieces of paper stapled or organized. (laughs) I mean, that stuff should have been done. So the more prepared you are, the more prepared you are to actually give those kind of opportunities to students on the daily. I'll just throw this in there because you you brought back memories of you can't be prepared to greet the last class if you don't have a system for collecting work, um, wrapping up class, tidying the room, uh, uh, like a closure procedure, like those organizational tips. Like I would always have like the last two minutes, everybody look on the ground, pick up nine pieces of paper, or I'll just, you know, have a random number, have the classroom um, leader, trash monitor, and it was high school, bring the trash can around, people are throwing it in. You're making it nice for the next um, class. Absolutely. But you're also helping prepare you so that you're not trying to pick up trash, you know, between passing periods and and you're not trying to shuffle papers on the back counter to organize the the you know, period that just turned in their homework. You already have those systems in place. You have homework trays, you have, you know, I used to have like groups in my classroom, I called them companies. And there were people in the in the company that had responsibilities. Let I, I always try to live by the mantra: don't do anything for the students that they can do for themselves, and that includes most of the organizational organizational and management or administrative work, like collecting papers and everything like that. That frees you up for that precious moment that's going to happen in six minutes once that bell rings. Is sure. kids crossing your threshold? It happens five times a day in high school. Um, and you need to be ready for every period. So perfect modeling, modeling for your students. Karina talked about modeling, super mm-hmm. important, whether it's persistence, whether it's honesty, whether it's being kind. Um, so if you want to give compliments to students, it's perfect. Mm. Then they can see that you're giving compliments. Hopefully that that transcends or translates to them giving compliments to each other. Yeah. But another way that you could actually give a compliment to a student 
and to their family is by calling home and giving a positive message to them. And I tell you, I didn't do it as much as if I look back on my teaching career as much as I wanted to. But if you make that a a consistent act on your part, you'll feel much better, especially if you've had a bad day. Call a parent, call yeah. a family to give them some good news about a child. Yeah. It's going to change. It's a good way to get yourself out of a bad mood. But at the same time, so if you are consistent with that, that um, that that modeling will help. Like they will remember you and yeah. they will do, they will work harder for you as well. Yeah. And there's there's payoff because people know even if you didn't call home of every child, which you can't. Correct. Um especially not in secondary, but that word spreads and that does something in your classroom environment that students know that you're making positive phone calls home. It changes the way they view you, even if you have to, you know, be the disciplinarian that just becomes part of who they see you as. Um, Of course, if you do it once and never do it again, that's that's different. But an idea related to that, again, here's a concrete tip of something you can do to model kindness is to write your students thank you cards. Like I, nice, I, nice. you know, the period opens and you walk up and down the aisles and drop a thank you card, drop a thank you card, like two per period. You do it once a week. Um, it doesn't take more than five minutes to do, but just showing students in right, recognizing that you value them, you're paying attention to them, thanking them for whatever it is, the quality of their work, the level of effort, the kindness shown to another student. Um, that's a way to create a magical moment. Um, and so, um, and it's it's concrete, it's physical, it's, it's kinesthetic. Like they'll have that card all day long, and maybe maybe longer is just a, a memory of the type of teacher you want to be. Very nice. A lot of concrete examples, <laughs> letting you know that right. Shake students' hands. Yeah. Uh, give them cards, compliments. Phone calls. Phone calls home. A lot of good stuff there. Yeah. Well done. And I don't. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure this is taught in teacher education programs. I think these are things Agreed. that you Agreed. you learn on, on the fly, perhaps. Um, let's see. Oh, I did have one other thing around yeah, yeah, persistence, yeah, yeah. and that was to set aside a time like once a week and just share something about um, you and your learning journey that is um, focused on a time where you didn't give up and it was beneficial Like to talk through your personal stories of growth mindset. Um, I think te- uh, students look at teachers as perfect, They look at them as the subject matter experts, like maybe 99% of the students um, won't (laughs) won't have an argument with the teacher, even if they think they're wrong. There's just this like they think they're, um, you know, they have authority. But if you start modeling for them on a regular basis, hey, one time I couldn't do this and I had to push through and I had to spend some extra time. Uh, I didn't give up and I eventually learned X, Y and Z. I think on a regular basis, and that's why I said you're modeling persistence is you're showing them, hey, it's not just one time that you push through. It's many times in a person's life that they will have something they don't know and they have to slog through it to get to um, that new nice. plateau of, of now knowing or being able to apply something that they knew in theory but now can enact or bring about in the real world. Love it. Cool, cool. So we're going in reverse here. We asked Karina, the next question was question number two, what has been the most satisfying experience of your teaching credential program and what has been challenging or most difficult or the most difficult part of the program? Yeah, here's what she said. Yeah. Hands down, the most satisfying experience in this whole teaching credential program is the students. 
I mean, for so many teachers, they want to become teachers for either the students or the content. It really just depends or both. Um, but so much of the educational buildup for the teaching credential program relies on, you know, creating lesson plans or scenarios for fictitious kids and fictitious classrooms. And that all changes because it, it goes from theory to actual application, real life human beings who are relying on you not only for educational purposes, but social emotional learning. And it extends beyond what you could ever imagine. And it is so rewarding. Building connections with these students is what makes waking up in the morning every day the most exciting part about the the credential experience. And it's something that I think you miss so much of um, in the classroom setting of the teaching credential program. So, you know, pre-student teaching. So that is something that I will never forget. And I mean, I still have 10 weeks left to go, but even thinking of leaving these kids is what makes student teaching so challenging. Um, and, and another thing that makes student teaching and the credential program very challenging is the amount of rigor. I mean, most days I, I question whether I'm cut out for this or good enough for this. And it's tough because you are working with mentor teachers who are so fantastic and so refined in their skills. And you hope that you can you can achieve that one day. And what you don't realize is, you know, you could have been an A plus student in the credential program and, and you could be coming with a full tool belt. But in reality, the application process for the teaching credential program is something that you cannot fully prepare for pre-student teaching in your teaching credential program classes. You step in and every day you are pushing yourself, you are challenged, you are learning. Because what what you realize is you're never going to be done being a student when you're a teacher. And that's a wonderful thing. But in the same token, it's very challenging because this career is not for the weak. Um, I know now that going into this every day, every week, every year I grow in my craft is going to push me to new levels to be better for my students, to be better for myself, for my colleagues, um, my administration, my school. So it is a constant refining and building of who you are. You're never done on that journey. So even when I look at my mentor teachers who have been teaching for years and years and years, they're still learning and growing. So this is not something that you will ever fully get a hold of. And that is a tough pill to swallow. But once you're able to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, you realize that you are going to develop so much more as a as a teacher, as a human, as a friend, a colleague, um, and a support system for these students and, and everybody else involved in teaching, right? Because it's not just you and the students. It's so much more than that. Um, so once you come to terms with that challenge, that you're constantly going to be challenged, it, it becomes okay because you realize that there's so much more rewarding aspects to that than there are negative so Karina, thank yeah, you yeah, so much. Yeah. Your first your first words out of your mouth were students. Yes. And I put an exclamation point next to my notes. Yeah. That's right. I mean, yeah. that is cool. It's a cool answer. It could be anything, but that's definitely um something you want to keep in mind. You want to keep them at the forefront. Um, students are the most important part of this whole teaching journey experience, yeah. even when you're prepping. That's what you keep in mind, and you're gonna go a long ways. Yeah in in this career 
Yeah, I, I knew that uh, when she said that, that you were lighting up. <laughs> You're like, students <laughs> yeah. first. Go Karina! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, I think along along that, that line of um, the theory in teacher ed is not real until you meet the real students. Yes. And so the those students are a gift. And so you have that time with them to learn how to make these ideas become, you know, results or um, experiences or outcomes. And um, just a concrete uh, tip or two uh, along the way, I, I really, really think when I look back at my student teaching experience, I did not talk to other adults who could help me process what I was going through enough. I mean, there were classes, um, I had uh, mentor teachers, um, but they, I, I rarely initiated the conversations. It was more if they thought there was something they should do or say, but I probably could have used more reflective conversations and opportunities to debrief uh, along the way. You know what? It didn't have to be somebody in that sphere. I could have called my parents and said, hey, you know, I had a tough day. I tried something new. It didn't go well. And just had other adults who cared about me debrief the experience with me. Um, so that's something I, I encourage you to call people on the regular, talk about what you're going through. And then there's a tip we've talked about many times is journaling mm-hmm. is I really think it helps to write through your emotional response and your cognitive ideas. Uh, just keep a journal like as you talk about these, even the positive things like students, I'm meeting these students and I'm so motivated. Capture that in writing. That's a powerful testimony of what you're going through in your growth process. Yeah, totally agree. And you talked about like the reflective piece. I think it's super important that one of the most satisfying things of my credentialing program, it, we we were able to have these conversations and discussions that were very reflective. But whether you're in a credentialing program, here's a tip. If you're in a credentialing program or you're a first or second year teacher, try to find that posse and even if the posse yeah. is a posse of one or two, that you find those people that are like-minded and yeah. that you you could you would go to bat for them, they would go to bat for you. That is super important to have, you know, you have somebody's back and they have yours. And if you try to ride on an island alone, mm-hmm. it's going to be that much more difficult, especially in a teacher credentialing program and moving into your first year of teaching. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So Karina also brought up the the difficulties of uh, these experiences and um, just the, you know, the amount of times you question yourself and you just wonder, like, am I cut out for this? Am I good enough? Uh, do I have what it takes? I, I think that was almost a quote. Um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, I was like raising my hand like, woo, you yeah. go, Karina. This career is not for the weak. Yes. This career is not That's for the it. weak. Yeah. Um, and that you're always a learner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what? I, I don't think that goes away. No. Um, like Pablo and I are, were uh, involved at the like district level in management work. And um, we're always trying to do better and engage more people, engage people uh, on a deeper level. And sometimes you just question like, you know, do I have what it takes to make this um, innovative change that I want to see happening in teaching and learning? Um, So one of the things that occurred to me is you have to reassure yourself. um, And one of the ways, one of the techniques is through affirmations. 
Um, mm. uh, like give yourself permission to say, I'm enough for today. Like what I did was enough for today. You don't have to beat yourself up and continue to, you know, kind of mull over and question yourself and agonize over it. You put in a day's work and, you know, at, at a certain point you have to kind of turn it off and go, I did all I could do. Now, sometimes that's not true, but the reflection will come later. We, you know, people are hardworking, they're good, they're honest, but we beat ourselves up far too much. Yeah. The reflection comes over time. You can't get all the answers today. And so giving yourself permission to say, I'm going to take it a day at a time. Um, I'm enough for today. That's one of the ways that I suggest you kind of slug it out through this uh, rigorous process. And and uh, learning is is difficult, you know, yeah. it's and it's humbling. And so you have to have that kind of emotional strategy of buffering yourself up or bolstering yourself through this process. And that ties right into what Karina was saying is get comfortable with the uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's what you will be a lot of times because there's a, a lot of moving parts to the whole teaching and learning sequence or the environment that you're in. Just just parents calling um, other teachers wanting support maybe from you or you wanting support from them, administration. Um, there's it's there's a plethora of things that, that go into this. So there are a lot of moving parts. And the more you really immerse yourself in the teaching, the service mm -hmm. of teaching, that you're going to be that much better for it. Yeah. It's not a, a periphery kind of do it from the uh, the stands or the the outside. Yeah. It, it you really got to jump in and you got to, you know, uh what is it? Tie those bootstraps up <laughs> and tie them tie them well and you really got to get after it. This is not this is not philosophy. Yeah. This is not theory. This is fact. You have to do this or if you just don't work, I mean there's there's that whole work hard or, you know, or act like you're working hard, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. just do a lot of things that are keeping busy. Yeah. Keeping busy. Thank you. You really got to make, make sure you put those students at the forefront and that you, you, you put all that work yeah. in just for them. Not, you know, not because I, I, I'm guilty of this. I've stayed, I've stayed late before, like it's six going on 6 PM and I'm doing my lessons, but did I do about an hour or hour and a half of chitter chatter in my, you know, <laughs> friend's classroom talking about, you know, X, Y, Z. Yes, I have, but you can't count that as doing the work. Yeah. Now, yeah. it might be part of your um, therapy, <laughs> perhaps, yeah. perhaps yeah. but sometimes you got to evaluate that and balance yourself out. So, yeah. and those things do happen. Yeah. <laughs> they just do. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we're ready for the last question, which was actually the first question that we gave uh, to Karina, and that is, what most interested you about uh, pursuing a teaching credential? So here's what she had to say. I feel like when you ask most teachers when they knew they wanted to be a teacher and pursue the teaching credential, it's split in the middle. Half of them knew at a very young age that they wanted to become teachers. And then the other half had no idea that that's what they were going to pursue. And one day had like an epiphany that that's what they wanted to spend the rest of their life doing. For me, I was a part of the half that knew at a very young age when I was in kindergarten, it was when I decided I wanted to be a teacher, which is ridiculous to think about. And that decision has never swayed since. Um, I did sway back and forth on what grades I wanted to teach um, and actually fell into high school English when I was in high school myself and found that reading and writing was 
one of the most therapeutic things for me. So that is when I knew that beyond high school, I was going to continue my dream and actually pursue the teaching credential for high school English. All right. Thanks, Karina, once again. And it looks like Karina from the get-go, unlike probably us, knew she wanted to be a teacher. So congratulations. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely was. Uh, That's good. That was was a good poll, Karina. Yeah. Yeah, And I I think that looking back at um, that decision, um, I think and this ties into persistence and and what we talked about before about the rigors of uh, pursuing a teaching credential and the rigors of teaching um, is know your motivations. I mean, know um, know why you're getting into it so that you could say, this is my why. Now, it's interesting, like Karina just said, I always knew. And I, I kind of just want to dig deeper and go, yeah, but why? Like, what is it that in kindergarten you looked up to teachers so much so that it was this beacon of hope. It was this path for you. What was it? Um, And so I think um, knowing that helps you get through the rough times. So knowing like your why. So like my why, and we talked about this in our our district, knowing your why, like mine is helping people find or create happiness in the face of change. And that you go, well, how's that relating to teaching? So in teaching the field I'm in, we have technology, we have testing changes, we have cultural changes with new leadership. So I'm always able to apply my why in the sphere of education. And so that that makes you um, that gives you power to stay stay in it for the long haul. Yeah, like just knowing as a young kid, it's that's phenomenal that you wanted to teach. That's amazing. We have a guest coming on in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think our tag is pocket full of primary on, on YouTube. socials. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, what amazed me about her and, and you as well, Karina, that, or not about her necessarily, cause we don't know her that well yet, but about the people that uh, kind of follow and look up to her. Mm. A lot of the people on her YouTube channel oh, yeah. or in the socials are eight, you know, eight years old, nine years old, yeah. uh, 10 they're years students. old. And, and they're saying, thank you for this content. I can't wait to be a teacher. And yeah. that just blew my mind. Yeah. It blew yeah. my mind. And that's, that's a, you know, you have to give her, you have to give her credit yeah. because she's obviously doing something to motivate these students yeah. as well. And I, absolutely, and uh, it, it's going to be good to have her on and we can talk about some of that too. But um, yeah, myself, uh, and, and and sorry, go back to Karina. She did mention um, she it was really cemented based on her love of English, and yeah. then in high school, yeah. and then kind of that was the that projected her into her teaching career thereafter, after college, and so on. So, um, I yeah, I think she, you know, I I she really really knew, yeah, and, and sure. I, I, that's something. I think I've talked about this. Uh, in one of our conferences or at the leadership symposium that sometimes it's just a gut feeling. Mm, It's a gut thing. You don't necessarily know. I talked about this. The the example is, um, for example, why, why do you love your wife? I could ask you that. Right. (laughs) And you might say, well, she's really funny. Uh, I could say, well, I'm sure you know a lot of funny people. Did you marry them? <laughs> right. uh, she's a good cook. Well, I've had a lot of good, you good know, meals. meals with other people. Did you marry them? Yeah. No. When it comes down to it, it's a frontal lobe thing, which responds to your gut, which yeah, really yeah. has nothing to do with your gut. It's in your head. Yeah. But it's a gut thing. And mm. you know, and when you know, you just know. And mine yeah. came 
way later. That was that whole, you know, Florence Griffith Joyner story. That's when I knew that I had to get into this service of teaching. You know, it's so interesting is a lot of times uh, I hear from the people who don't know, hey, this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, And I think there's people who feel that way and then they don't last because maybe it was just an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing how many people got into a teaching situation and fell in love. And it was like something they never had experienced that they were always yeah. missing. It's like it completed them. They finally and, got the gut punch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very scientific. <laughs> Actually, it is scientific. It's all brain-based. That's right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yes, thank you, Karina. We appreciate it. Uh, student at Cal State University, Long Beach. Go 49ers. Um, so thank you so much. We appreciate it. And remember to catch us on all our socials and remember, give us that five-star review. Hopefully we gave you some more tips and tricks and concrete advice on this show. We appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate you. You. Okay. We'll see you later. Peace. Connect with us on social media at Pablo and Wes. On Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and all the podcast places on the web like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Overcast. And remember to get your free special gift at pabloandwes.com slash gift. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>